Hello everyone, and welcome to our next section of our COVID anxiety toolkit. Now we're going to talk about other people uh, and being with other people and dealing with other people and just how to use the tools of the hero and you know understanding your kingdom or your queendom and your empire. It's really, really being able to put everything that we've just spoken about together to actually start talking about your relationship with those around you as you go through this crisis. Now, I'm going to talk about your intimate relationship. We're going to talk about your family uh, and we're going to talk then about your friends. Now, before we do all of that, I want to issue a bit of a warning. Now, it might be a little bit rogue to, to get a warning in, in this position in the, uh, in the toolkit because you're pretty deep down the rabbit hole with me. But having worked with people from all over the world, there's this insidious disease that a lot of people um, really suffer from and it really impacts their life in every way. Uh, and it's so common and so uh, prevalent in both genders. Uh, it really doesn't matter whether you're, you know, masculine or feminine or somewhere in the middle. It's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely everywhere. Uh, and that's the disease of people pleasing. Now, again, like most things, the impact of something which isn't the true you, something which isn't the hero, in peacetime, isn't as overwhelming as it is during war. Because again, in wartime, it's like, imagine, you know, instead of the darkness being 100 meters away or 100 yards away, it comes and it's only five meters away. And so your ability to react, your ability to plan, your ability to think, your ability to have time to be able to move through things and make mistakes is just wildly diminished. And so I really want to start this section with a giant warning for all of you out there who are people pleasers that you really don't have the luxury of being a people pleaser right now. And if you are a people, people, people pleaser, I think I nearly said purple people, per, uh, one eyed, one heard, uh, flying purple people pleaser. Uh, if you are a, uh, a purple people pleaser right now, I really want to offer you, because if you didn't sing that song as a school kid, I've just lost you then. Uh, I really want to give you the challenge and the opportunity that I want you to use this COVID crisis to actually get over your people pleasing. Because if I can be blunt, you have every tool you need so far in this program to get over people pleaser, right? You talk to Mr. or Mrs. People Pleaser, right? Mr. or Mrs. I need approval, Mr. or Mrs. I need validation, Mr. or Mrs. I'm not important or no one's going to like me and actually bring them, you know, into the kingdom and work with them. And you'll no longer feel that, you know, compulsion to always be making people happy and to be kind of like getting along with things. Now, it's so important that I want you to really question the people in your life and ask yourself, number one, do I want to go to war with this person? And if the answer is no, that's a pretty strong indicator that maybe the two of you aren't as aligned as you think. And then two, in particular, do I really need to support this person? Because, and I'm going to be really blunt with you here, feeling guilty about not doing something is not an excuse to allow yourself to then do something that you know you shouldn't be doing, right? You, you helping some family member that you know you shouldn't help and he's really, at the end of the day, emuffs a bit of a bastard, right? Emuffs off. You helping them just because you feel obligated or just because you feel guilty is not an excuse to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Because again, you're going to put yourself in a situation where someone else who isn't even nice to you is going to come out of this better than you from a war. And what's the only outcome there is that you're just going to be angry and furious at yourself, right? And, you know, we have a running joke inside our company that people pleasers are the angriest people that we know. And it's true because 100% of the people pleasers that I've ever met hate 
people-pleasing at a deep level. They should never allow themselves to feel that because if they did, they'd have to change, right? And so you're just, you're setting yourself up for failure and you're also setting yourself up that you're going to get on a ride, which is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Like there's no way for you to get out of that equation without actually taking a powerful stand and really choosing that you don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. So it's so important that you will actually put yourself in the trenches if you don't start enforcing your boundaries. And the way to enforce your boundaries is to just say no. And then if someone keeps pushing to just interrupt them, to be like, hey, I've already said no, I realize, you know, you're, you're saying another, you're saying something else. And then the thing is, is that there needs to be consequences if someone crosses your boundaries, right? So if someone crosses your boundaries and you say, hey, if you do that again, I really appreciate, hey, we're all making mistakes. But if you do that again, I'm going to hang up this phone and then they do it again and you don't hang up the phone. What you're telling people is that your boundaries don't matter. And it's actually not the boundary that's important. It's the willingness to enforce the boundary. Again, remember that quote, those who have weapons and choose not to use them. Right? It's actually not the weapon that's important. It's actually the willingness to use it if you need to. That's the thing which really changes around people or, or, and will change your relationships with people. So, you know, if you're a people pleaser, the first thing you need to do is you just need to start being more honest, right? When someone says, hey, do you mind if I use your car to go to wherever it is? And it's really not okay, but you just say, oh, I guess it's okay. Or you allow yourself to be convinced into it to just stop doing that and say, actually, you know what? It's actually really not okay. I, I really need to use my car. And they're going to push back and say, cool, I really get this. But at the end of the day, it's my car and I need this. And also, to be honest, I really don't need to explain myself because this is my decision. Uh, and then what's going to happen is anytime you make significant change in your life, people fall into basically one of three buckets, right? Bucket number one is people who you make the change and they're stoked for you, right? They, they couldn't be happier for you. They've always wanted this change for you. Uh, and there's, there's like, there's nothing more that could have made them happier for your relationship than you actually powerfully stepping into yourself. Bucket number two are people who are confused and they just need you to explain what's happening to them, right? It's not that they're not happy for you. They just feel a little bit, you know, left behind. They're not really sure what's happening. Uh, and then there's bucket number three and bucket number three are people who their prey mode is being triggered by you becoming the hero because their prey mode is seeing you become the hero as a threat to them. Because if they see you as an inspiration, they also might see that they could do the same thing. And that's very terrifying because you know, you're still in the, or they're still in the cave and you're leaving the cave. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't go out there because then I might have to go out there. And so they try and shut you down and push you back. Not because of any malicious intent, just because actually they're trying to keep themselves safe through you. Right now, Anytime you make any sort of change, people are going to fall into one of these three buckets and the, the people in different buckets will be different at different stages in your life, right? So right now, I'm fortunate to have a lot of incredible people around me. And if I made significant change in my life, almost everyone would be in bucket number one and a couple of people would be in bucket number two and basically no one would be in bucket number three. That's not how that's always been, right? Especially when I was growing up as a teenager, basically when I stopped being you know, a party boy. Uh, and I started to take my life a little bit more seriously. Uh, I probably 90% of people that was in were, that I was in relationship with fell into bucket number three. I literally lost about 90% of my friends uh, all because I started making decisions to make my life better. And then there was 10% of the people who were in bucket number two. Uh, and then there was basically, you know, a couple of one or two people uh, who were in bucket number one. 
And it's really hard to lose friends. And it's, it's something that's not spoken about very much because it really is heartbreaking. And especially when you've got, you know, deep social connections with those people and you just feel like that social connection is kind of torn away. It sucks uh, and it's heartbreaking. And you might need to go through that heartbreak to take care of yourself, right? It might come down to you either being heartbroken and losing friends or you suffocating yourself and keeping yourself in situations that you don't want to be in. So I really want to encourage you to use what's happening right now as an opportunity for you to take stock of your friends, to take stock of your family members, and you know to take stock of your intimate partner and really ask yourself the question, is this relationship serving me? And if not, do I want to do the work to change the relationship so it is serving me? Or is now the time for me to really actually start putting some boundaries in place because I have to take myself and what's happening inside my own empire radically, radically seriously. Now, all that aside, Let's say you're supporting someone in the trenches right now. Now, I've already covered this a little bit, but I just want to hammer this point home again. If you are supporting someone who's in the trenches right now, the best thing that you can do for that person outside of just being there for them and really loving them is to just help them focus, right? It's especially, you know, if they're in the trenches in their relationship or in the trenches in their finances, and we will talk about that towards the end. It's really about asking the question, how can I help this person focus on the actions that they can control, first of all, right? Is this person focusing on things they can't control, like that the uh, infection rate of COVID is completely outside this person's control, and yet they're getting themselves manic, constantly worrying about it or fixating on it, right? This person's stuck at home, and they're really upset that they're stuck at home. Well, they can't really control the fact that they're stuck at home, so how can I help them focus on something where they can find an adventure or some positivity out of being stuck at home? Right? It's really important to kind of to work through these, these things together. And then again, to get them to just focus on baby steps. Right? If you're in the trenches, going from the trenches to the home front, you don't get to teleport in one day. Right? You have to take the baby steps. And so it's to start to put some structure in place, to be taking things day by day. And hey, you know, and this really sucks to say, but it's the truth. If the person doesn't want to be helped, there's nothing you can do. And that sucks. Right? It's the worst, but it is just the truth of human nature. You cannot help someone who does not want to be helped. You cannot teach someone who doesn't want to be taught. People have to be willing. People have to be open. And there's nothing you can do about that. And so again, it's about taking care of yourself and finding the boundaries in your own life so that you know you're going to be putting yourself first, right? Sacrificing yourself to yourself, which means just effectively letting go of your ego inside your own mind so you can be with all the parts of you, doing what you need to connect and take care of yourself. And then once and only once that's handled, right, then you can start to worry about other people. And again, this isn't, you know, a nice thing to have that you should probably do. This is mission critical to the success of yourself and your family unit and everyone around you during wartime. Now, once we go into our uh, intimate relationship section, which is what we're doing now, again, I want to ask a very uncomfortable question, but it's a question that needs to be asked. Uh, And the first question I'm going to ask about your intimate relationship is, is this person someone you want to go to war with? And I've spent a long time helping people within their relationships. Uh, and I've spent a long time kind of kind of dealing with people and, and helping people overcome things in their relationships. And I think just the biggest conversation uh, that's unhad inside, you know, people's minds and if people were really honest is, is this genuinely not from some sort of people pleasing, I need to keep myself safe. I feel worthless and this is the best that I can do. Not from any, from not from anywhere like that, but from the hero within you, is this other person the hero that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I just feel like people aren't honest with themselves around that conversation because so much of the problems that people get into into their, in their intimate relationships is you're just not with the right person. And you're unwilling to have that conversation with yourself because of all the consequences of that. 
And so before we go any further, I really want you to sit and have a conversation with yourself and, you know, have a conversation with each other. You know, are the two of you willing to be heroes with each other? And are the two of you willing to do the work and the constant commitment and responsibility and non-judgment that comes from being in a relationship? Because a relationship is constant work, right? The work never stops. And if you're not willing to do the work for this person and for yourself with this person, then there's no point in being together, right? And, and I, I know it's hard to hear this, but it's, it, it, it's just stunning how little people are willing to be honest with themselves. I mean, in their whole life, but especially in their relationship, because I, I can understand you can get away with it in your own life because of all the, you know, BS you tell yourself, but inside your intimate relationship, you're not only like there's someone else you have to think about. And I know people right now in my social circle who are in relationships where they shouldn't, number one, they're in the wrong relationship with the wrong person. Number two, they're in that relationship for the wrong reasons. Number three, they're aware of it and they're not doing anything to change it because they like the validation that they're getting from the other person. And that's just like, it's kind of sickening because you're just hurting someone else. You're just causing someone else pain and causing yourself pain, you know, in many ways, just so you're like causing one set of pain so you can avoid a second set of pain. It's like, that's just not the way to live life. You have to take responsibility for all that and start to do something about it. Now, once we're out of that context and we're in the world of, okay, cool, I want to be with this hero. And again, you know, if it's, I don't want to be with this person and I don't want to be a hero with this person, well, it's time for you to start having some significantly honest conversations. And, you know, I've, I had no conversations in the past where even just having the conversation of, are we really the right heroes for each other? And maybe not shocks the relationship into a place of beauty. Right, because again, you actually have a conversation with truth, and now that you're built in truth, now that you're building a relationship that's founded in the truth, you're actually able to then rebuild or even just um, kind of reorient the relationship to a place of love and to a place of kind of joy because you're actually coming from a place of honesty with each other. So, I don't have too much to add there because again, you basically just have to nut that out. Right, you have to get in there and do the work and take responsibility and use all the tools that you've spoken about here and be with your kingdom and know it's going to get triggered and your prey mode's going to go crazy. And you have to just do all that and keep walking and stay committed and keep being honest with yourself and with the person. And inevitably, that you know, whatever needs to happen will happen. Now, assuming you do want to be together and you are, you know, you know, you want to stay together, the, the thing that I'll say is you are never going to have now again. I'm assuming that the intimate partner that you have is close with you. Uh, and what I mean by that is like they're in the same house. Uh, if they're not in the same house, again, to think about how to create this in the way that works for your unique situations. I'm going to say this a lot, uh, especially in the intimate relationship with the family section. You're never going to have, assuming that you're on lockdown right now, you're never going to have this opportunity again. In the entire relationship you have, probably, to be honest, until you're both retired, you are never going to have the opportunity to spend this much time around your intimate partner again. And I really want you to think about what you could create with all of this time together. Because it's never going to happen again, right? I'll talk about this in the family section, but if you're a parent who's fortunate enough to have your kids in the same house as you, you are never going to have the opportunity that you have right now again to spend this much time with your kids. It's never going to happen again in your whole life, right? Once your kids leave home, once your kids have left school and they move out of home, you have spent 80% of the time that you're ever going to spend with your kids. Really want you to think about that. So if your kids have moved out of home and they've just moved back in because of COVID or you, you, you still have your kids at home, 
you're getting this incredible gift. And again, rather than being a victim and going into prey mode and be like, oh, it's hard to focus on work with the kids around. How about you focus on what's important, which is the people in your life and your ability to serve them and your ability to serve yourself, right? Because it's incredible. Now, inside your intimate relationship, the questions that you guys need to be asking about yourselves. And the first thing that I would say is you should just both do this program together because again, it's going to unlock areas of conversation and ability to help each other and to be a stand for each other. It's to really ask you to yourself a question, you know, who do we want to be whilst this is happening? Right. One of the very first conversations myself and my fiance had when all this was happening is how can we help? Right. You know, we're having conversations constantly with each other about what we think is happening and how we want to react to this and what we want to do together. And, you know, because we've had all those conversations now we're in the position of where we're constantly checking in with each other to see how we're feeling and what's going on. And we're also taking responsibility for the fact that, hey, we feel like we need to help and we feel like we need to serve. Right. There's something we need to give to the world. And we're talking about that, you know, as a family and as a unit. Now, inside all of that, this can either be the greatest adventure of your relationship or this can be the biggest stress and the thing that kills your relationship. And it's really up to the two of you about which one of those it becomes, right? You know, before I uh, recorded this, I sent out an email and got a bunch of people to talk me through all the different ways that COVID's kind of impacting them. And I was noticing that relationships were kind of going in one of two directions. Either number one, because the two people in the relationship couldn't avoid each other anymore, they were having the, the best relationship they've ever had because they couldn't run away, which was forcing them to figure out what was going on. And the second, the second bucket was uh, people who, you know, now that they couldn't run away, everything was getting worse and their relationship was under more stress than ever, right? Because they're both agitated. Neither of them are taking responsibility that it's, if you're agitated, it's because your kingdom is agitated because you're not being the hero or you feel like you're under threat. And so you're not taking responsibility. That's yours and always yours to deal with. And you really get to choose which one of the two of them this gets to be, right? And it's about having the conversations and being in communication with each other and listening to this program together and doing the exercises together. So the two of you are really rebuilding something. Now, inside your intimate relationship, it's always going to be an element of threat and stress. And the reason that I say that is because when you're in an intimate relationship, what you're really doing is you're trying to merge two kingdoms, right? And you just managing what your own kingdom is stressful enough, right? Like you just being the queen of what's happening inside your own empire is alarming enough to then bring a whole other human being into that kingdom with all of their stuff as well is really just the craziest idea that any of us ever have. And so you're naturally going to get triggered like crazy in your relationship and all your prey mode stuff's going to come up and you're people pleasing and you're criticizing and you're overanalyzing and you're running away and you're shutting down. It's all going to come up in your relationship and it's all okay, right? It's just another mirror. And you know, in many ways, it's the most intense mirror for you to keep connecting with yourself and keep doing the work. And if you guys just keep committing to doing the work, you have no idea how much a relationship can change in a month or two months, right? Because rather than thinking that you're arguing about the fridge, about you know whether or not you need a new fridge, you realize you're never arguing about whether or not you need a new fridge. You're arguing about, can I trust you? Are you, am I safe around you? Can I do my work around you? Can I take responsibility here? Can I be vulnerable here? And can the two of us work towards being a team? Because if you're a team, who cares whether or not you get a new fridge? Let's just do what's best for the team, right? It's like, don't major in minor things, as Tony Robbins would say. It's like the, the amount of stupid arguments that people have over stupid things is ridiculous, right? And first of all, you just should never be arguing. You should be trying to passionately find truth. But it's never in a position where you're saying, you're doing this, I'm not doing this. You're, that's, it's like, that's so childlike. That's not trying to find truth. That's trying to be right. 
And again, all of your communication patterns and the way you deal with stress and the way you be with each other, it's being revealed with what's happening right now in COVID. And you can either use that to build the best relationship that you've ever had, or you can use that to really destroy your relationship. Now, inside all of that, it's really about, again, making sure that the team and your relationship is set up for the two of you to serve each other. And you're actually asking each other questions around serving each other, right? How can you serve yourself? How can you serve yourself? How can we both serve, take care of ourselves first? And then once we've taken care of ourselves to then actually worry about taking care of each other. And inside all of that, it's about creating connection. And the big thing that I would encourage you to be focusing on right now in your intimate relationship is to create connection. And what that means is when you're with each other to actually really be with each other, right? We, we talk about what DVD is currently playing in your mind inside your own house. And again, I won't go too far down that rabbit hole. But, you know, most of the time I'm ever doing anything, I have my work DVD in, right? I am watching the TV show or I'm watching on Netflix, I'm watching my work. I'm thinking about my work, I'm talking about my work, I'm trying to do everything I can. Effectively, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep to like think about and try and push my mission forward. Now, that means when I'm with Taylor, I can be physically with her and not with her because I've got a DVD in, right? I'm just not present. I'm listening to her, but I am not there. And so we just say, and there's no nothing wrong in any about this, she can just say, hey, it's the Taylor DVD in. And I say, oh, no, it's not. And I stop and I represent. And then during a conversation, I might have to say, sorry, I stopped listening. I was in work DVD. Can I come back to the Taylor DVD? And let's keep going. And she doesn't make me wrong for that. There's no badness about that because we're just doing what we can, right? Like uh, she loves it about me and I love that about her. And sometimes she's not present. And I'm like, hey, can I, can you just be present here? Now, you know, it might be easier for her to get present, right? Again, it's just the nature of the feminine mind. But again, I'll ask her, I'm like, hey, are you really here with me right now? And again, there's never any wrongness in that. There's never any blame or judgment. It's just doing what we can because what we're trying to do is to create connection. And when one or the two of us are stressed or when something like COVID's happening, it's very easy for us to both be in a human animal, both be in prey mode, both be freaking out, which means we're not actually there with each other and we're not actually building that connection. The second thing that I'll say in that, and this is just a, you know, a little uh, freebie that I'll throw in here is the importance of being able to discern how serious something is to your partner. And the best way to do that is to ask them zero to 10, how important is this to you, right? Zero to 10, how much do you want to go? And, you know, we're going to Ikea tomorrow to get a desk for my fiance. I'm actually super happy to go. But uh, if she had said, um, you know, hey, do you want to go? And I said, you know, uh, no, not really. And then I could ask, well, how important is it for me to come, right? And she can go to zero to 10. If it's a nine or a 10, I'll go. But the integrity of this system only works if you, you know, you really only get like four or five, 10 out of 10s in your whole relationship, right? You can't be dropping a 10 for nothing. And the other thing is you can't say seven because seven's a cop out, right? It's either six or eight. Sevens don't exist. Then it allows you to recognize when your partner's just asking for something and it doesn't really matter whether or not you do it or, you know, appreciate it or whatever it is versus when what you're talking about is, is mission critical to the success and health of your relationship. And having that zero to 10 scale will really help you discern that. Now, the other thing that I'll allow you or kind of get you guys to focus on is, is real gratitude for each other because there are lots of people and I know lots of people like this who don't have an intimate partner to go through this with and they are alone during this crisis. Now, if you're in a relationship and you're like, oh, that sounds great. Well, I'd rather be alone. Well, first of all, screw yourself. Uh, and second of all, you need to leave your partner, right? It's not funny to joke about how you want your life to change, right? It's not funny. It's just you acting like you're doing something about it without actually doing something about it. It just means you're causing pain to everyone around you. So rather than doing all of that, you could actually take some action. But, you know, that, that aside, 
How can the two of you build a relationship and focus on building a relationship where you're creating light and joy for each other? You're creating moments of connection. You're constantly checking in to see where you're at. Hey, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? And you're really building this relationship to serve each other so that then the two of you can serve the people around you. And I wonder what the two of you together could do as heroes to serve people around you that you know, other relationships, you know, what's happening in the world around you. I wonder if the two of you put your minds together and just started to serve the community around you, your family, your, the, the, the people that you know, some magic would start happening in your relationship. And the two of you would just be able to feel amazing because you served and you did great work. So I really want to encourage you to, uh, to, to take this seriously, to, to listen to this together and to start to speak the truth together and build that relationship in truth. And then to, to really focus on a relationship and like build a plan to go and execute on how the two of you can work together and how the two of you can serve together and, and do things for the world. And, and just the last thing that I'll say is, and again, there's a whole product here that I could build around relationships, which, you know, at some point I'm sure I will, that it's really important that inside your relationship, you know, your kingdom uh, and their kingdom or their queendom and, and your queendom, or, you know, however you guys want to make that work. It's so important that at the end of the day, what's going on inside you is always yours to deal with no matter what forever. Even if it feels like they've deliberately done something to make you upset. Yes, you need to have the conversation about how they can't do that because it's a standard of integrity inside your relationship and the upset and the sadness that you feel is yours to deal with. doesn't mean the other person can do what they want or be callous about it, not at all. But what's happening on inside you is always your responsibility. What's going on inside them is always their responsibility. And if you draw that line in the sand, your entire relationship at the deepest possible levels will fundamentally change because you're two people taking responsibility for their own kingdoms, trying to bring them together. And that's a wildly different place to be, right? Than you blaming the other person for how you feel, which just doesn't ever, will ever get you anywhere. All right. The last thing that I'll say is, uh, sorry, two more things that I'll say. Number one, it's super important to keep working on non-judgment in a relationship, right? If you're currently on the home front and your partner's also on the home front, but maybe he or she's thinking that they're in the trenches and they're stressing out for no reason, rather than judging them for that, again, you step into that with them. And as a team member, you help them deal with Mr. Anxiety or Mrs. Anxiety, Mr. Stress, Mrs. Overwhelm, and you help bring them back to center so that the two of you can just kind of keep going through this thing together, right? It's not a place around judgment and laughing. The final thing that I'll say is, uh, and you know, mum, if you are listening, uh, put some inbox on now, uh, is the impact of stress and COVID is going to be the best thing that's ever happened for your sex life, or it's going to be the worst thing that ever happened for your sex life. It could be the worst thing that ever happened for your sex life if you just stress so much all the time that you're never actually present in your body. But if you work on taking the stress out of it, the two of you spending all this time physically together can do absolutely wonders for your sexual health. And so I wonder what depraved, kinky, amazing, you know, hot, awesome sex the two of you could be having if you actually viewed this as an opportunity rather than something that you've lost, right? Because again, you're just never going to spend this much time around each other ever again for a long time. And I really want to encourage you to recognize that sexual connection is such a critical component of any relationship. Uh, and I say that very seriously. And within all of that, it's how can you be creating those experiences together? How can you be using this as an opportunity to reconnect physically? And how can you be making sure that you're doing things to de-stress yourselves so that you're still connecting at that level? Because everything's easier after you've had sex, right? Everything in life. Uh, and I really want to encourage you to take, you know, don't just get into the world of, oh, I'm really stressed right now. So, we, you know, sex doesn't matter or it matters less. No, it's the opposite of that.
right? It's like, okay, cool. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now. We need to make sure we're still connecting at a deep physical level. Let us do the work and have those conversations and then start to, again, just come up with things that we can be doing. You're a pretty creative person. You can figure this out to start to work on that area of our relationship. So that's the intimate relationship section. I'll see you all in our next little clip on family and friends.